Welcome to Sin 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Matthew, we are here. We are. We're back in our happy place. Woohoo! I can't tell you guys how excited I am to finally capture Anna Marie Bacconi Snyder. Now, there's a chance you don't know her, but you'll want to, and I'll give you her cell phone number and everything after the show. We'll put it in the show <laughs> notes, her home address and everything. Um, you meet her husband. I'm sure that's going to be wonderful for you. But Anna Marie, thank you for praying about this and being willing to come on for the glory of Jesus and share 30 minutes with uh, everybody who's listening. Thank Welcome. you, Jesus, is all I have to say. Okay, thank that's you, it. Jesus. We're all done. It's a wrap. <laughs> um, well, I want to, uh, we've had a little bit of conversation about what we try to do here on the podcast. And just to solidify that for somebody who may not have listened before, what we try to do is encourage and equip people to share the love of Jesus with those that God puts into their life naturally, the way that God made them. And so we've had such a diversity of, of people. I mean, people that are like theologians and people who used to be with motorcycle groups that we don't name and have had their lives transformed. And um, with you, we work together um, on the homeless task force for, I think about, for me, about three years officially on this homeless task force that we worked with just, just to come alongside people who were experiencing homelessness because we're compelled by the love of Christ to do it. And we had a whole bunch of other people on there. We have not yet solved homelessness in this East County region, have we? No, we have not. No. But and, and I'll tell you, Kevin, uh, I was there because you invited me. Remember that? <laughs> no. I was there because you, you. I think I nominated you to be the director you, of the whole thing. You did, and then you left me. Well, kind of, for a little <laughs> bit, after a while. But uh, it was at first because I tend to know a lot of people yes. that um, when I found you, I knew how wonderful you were very, very quickly. That's true about you. And that you, uh, I could put great people together because I like working with competent people to solve hard problems, right? And you do a good job at it. Well, and thank you. And I was introducing you to all these people that you didn't know. And then very quickly, you knew more people than I knew. And so I'm starting to call you up. Hey, I have a young man and his mom who they just sold. I'm telling you this for the first time. This is true right now. I have a young man that I love and his mom who their apartment building is being sold um, at the end of June. And they need a small apartment for fifteen to eighteen hundred dollars a month. And he's come to me because he knows that sometimes I can connect people to resources. So uh, we don't want these two not to have a home. Right. So everybody that's listening, <laughs> if you hear this before the end of the June and you've got an apartment for rent somewhere in East San Diego County, I'll take it fifteen to eighteen hundred dollars a month. Those are the kind of things that we did, right? And we right. do. Right. And we do. Yeah. And we need. We need places where people can create a connection where yeah. they can get to know other people who have resources for them we can share resources right yeah. that's what we need we yeah. need a place people can call or show up because we're there to help them find resources for whatever their needs are it's tricky to navigate it on your own 
too. So having somebody that can be that navigator, they actually have that position, a navigator, yes. uh, is really, really important. Why don't you bring me up to speed on what you're doing now with your nonprofit? Because I don't know everything you do, and I'd love to share it with people. So I want to tell you that I'm glad you brought up the East County Homeless Task Force. I did not set out to found a nonprofit. I worked for the Catholic Church, and I saw people coming to the church needing resources. And the resources that we, that were out there, I tried to help them connect with those resources. But everything was a dead end. So I noticed there were gaps, and I didn't know how to help. And it was clear I wasn't helping being in the church. So I went out into the community, found you, found the East County Homeless Task Force, and learned even more so what the needs of people here in the East County are, or what the gaps are, what we're not able to do with the wonderful systems we already have in place. So it was because of those gaps that um, we founded You Did It For Me. Uh, a privately funded uh, nonprofit that is specifically serving the East County to companion people who are trying to emerge from homelessness, who are imminently homeless, people just looking to get their basic human rights met. Um, so, so essentially, we're fairly new, a couple few years old, and we are growing, and we are looking at um, trying to continue to fill the gaps that come up along the way. And, you know, with pandemic, uh, that was uh, a very, it, it was a both a, a difficult situation, but also a godsend for you did it for me, because when everybody closed down and went indoors, and there was nobody on the streets, I went out, mm. I went out with other people, other people who uh, we were there twice a week and we just were out and meeting people that were on the streets and didn't have electricity or restrooms or food places open or libraries to sit in and um, we just met their needs. So for a whole year, uh, we were out there just learning about people, learning their stories, learning what the needs were, learning what was available and wasn't available. So we keep doing that. We just keep understanding what uh, the needs are at the time, and we keep trying to develop to fill the gaps, to bring people together. You know, Kevin, I think you know this. There's a lot of people here in the East County who want to serve, mm -hmm. who want to give, yep. but they don't know how. They don't know where. They don't have a credible place that they feel they can go to put their resources, whether it's their skills and their talents or their money. Uh, so we hope to continue to build that credibility here in the East County and be a resource for people who want to help and yeah. for people who are looking for help. You know, and like so many things, and there's people literally all over the world who might be listening right now in different contexts, um, they might want to talk to you about what they can do in, um, in Illinois or, you know, in North County or something like that. So, I mean, we usually do this at the end, but I'm glad that we're doing it at the very beginning because it really sets a, a foundation for uh, other things that I want to talk about as well. How do they get in touch with you to understand more about how to be involved, um, where they can plug in? How do, they, how do they connect with you? Here's what I would say, Kevin. I wouldn't have them connect with me. If they're in Chicago, I would have them look up who are the homeless service providers? Who are the providers of the services that they're looking to be a, an assistant to? Mm. Whether it's homelessness, whether it's youth, uh, whatever it is, who are the providers in their local area? Do what I did. Literally, 
I walked out of my employment with the church and I just went out to East County, went to service providers, started volunteering, started walking on the streets, meeting people who are on the streets. Literally go out into your community, volunteer at places that are already providing services, learn about the population of people that you want to serve. Learn about them. Learn about how people are helping them already. Learn about what the gaps are. Don't come to me here in San Diego. Go to your local community. There are people in your local communities that need people to help them. Yeah, They need your gifts, your expertise, whatever that is, like a patchwork quilt, right? We all bring our gifts and talents to make the beautiful quilt that wraps the world in love. That's the bottom line. I so agree with you. And, and with my experience, um, what's really cool for me, because I'm, I feel like I'm compelled by Christ's love, okay? Even if I don't have it, because sometimes I don't have it for people. I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> but Jesus isn't. And I don't think he ever said whatever. I haven't read that one. But he loves that person and that person is made in, in his image, mm -hmm. in God's image. Mm -hmm. And so the respect of um, the humanity and the love of uh, for humanity is so important. And, and what I especially like is that um, I get to work with people who don't have any relationship with Jesus, you know, and they're nicer than me and smarter than me and more caring than me. Mm -hmm. And it's true. And I get, to, and, and hopefully sometimes I get to help dispel the myth of what churches and Christianity is and religion is because people have these ideas about let's just call it church and Christians. And some of it's earned. Some of the bad reputation is earned. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're messy. But then it gets undone one on one. Roll up your sleeves and go work on something together. Find your point of commonality and then they see your heart. They see your willingness to work. Hopefully they see more and more of the character of Jesus as much as we're walking in that, like humility mm -hmm. and, and love. And then it's it just, this that solves problems as big as homelessness or racial reconciliation or all the craziness that's going on, which is really, really good because that's exactly how God made you. There's people who are listening going, you walk the streets and talk to homeless people? <laughs> You don't run away because that's terrifying to some people. And maybe it's not for them. Maybe it's not. Maybe they should write a check to your nonprofit. Right. <laughs> so you can do it. But for other people, it's that way. This is just exactly how they're built. And they're going, okay, I can do that. Right. Kevin, may I? you're leading this interview, but may I go back a moment to something you said that uh, I think is the, it's the crux of life. Yes, I would like to hear about the crux of life and feel free. This is kind of a free form flowing thing. I mean, you're the boss here, but oh, yeah, I just want to go back to what you said. Okay. You said that we are all made in the image and likeness of God. We know this. It would be my hope of hopes, my prayer for the world, that everyone could put on the lenses. You know, we mm. all put on glasses. We want to read a piece of paper and we look for our glasses or we look for our, our phone that has a flashlight on it because we want to see something more clearly. It would be my prayer that all people, whether you're a Christian or not, that all people would put on the glasses that would help them see 
every person, every person as valued, as a person that was created for a reason, with a purpose, by a God who loves that person. So if we could all see other people that way, even if you don't believe in a God, if there's a higher power or you're not sure, if we could just look at the other as a valued life, as a valued life, those are the lenses we all need to put on. Because in that way, Kevin, then we do hear what our calling. We do hear where we're supposed to go, where we're supposed to serve, who we're supposed to talk to. We will see if we just take the time to put on those glasses every day. That would change everything. It absolutely positively would. Well, let me ask you this, because um, as much as I talk about you behind your back, you're not perfect, right? What? How do you... How do you, when you struggle with that, when you miss the mark, so how does that, how does that work for you? What do you, what do you do when you go, wait a minute? So that happens to me often uh, because when you put on those glasses where you are trying to see every life as valued and valuable and loved by someone, it's, it's difficult when the person that's in front of you that you're trying to love has behaviors that are not lovable. <laughs> <laughs> you said that so well. <laughs> so I do a lot of talking with the Holy Spirit, talking with Jesus in my day-to-day life. I, I couldn't live without it, Kevin. I. I do a lot of talking to God, and I will own up right away to the Lord. I I don't like this person. This person scares me. Uh, that person's mean. Whatever it is, that I just talk to the Lord and ask the Lord to help me. Help me love the way the Lord would love, the way he would call me to love. Yeah. It's hard, Kev. It's hard. Well, especially when you, you could be working with difficult people. I yes, it. absolutely. But it's even in our own families. Oh, right. Most. <laughs> if we applied this first in our own families, oh yeah, um, then that's where we learn, right? That's where we learn. Most of us will learn in our families. Some of us uh, learn from people outside of our families. But if we can start wherever, whatever our state in life is today, if we could start just where we're at today, don't look at the past. Yeah. Look at today. Start today with the people sitting right in front of us or walking right in front of us or the people we're interacting with. Just start today with the one person. That's really the only successful way you can do it and also cuts off the fact that there's an enemy that wants to tell you, see how you blew it? And just keep you there and keep you in that defeat. Also, um, you know, the podcast is based on 1 Peter 3.15 and it starts off with sanctify Christ as Lord of in your life. And that's what I think that that conversation with God is so critical. And if we find that we're not having that, we got to get back to that. Because the reason that we're having conversation, the reason that we're praying to him and confessing to him is because he's God, because he's Lord. I mean, if he didn't 
care and he wasn't omnipotent and all the other things that God is, why would you have so much conversation with him? But as you position yourself in submission to him and have, have the humility to understand that we're not God and we are going to blow it, then that's what I think that the first part of First Peter 3.15 is, okay, understand he's God. And that's awesome and wonderful. So that's the starting point and the point that we have to go back to when we fail. So I get it that. It is. And Kevin, something that should that gives me hope and can give everyone hope is that while God is God, greater than all things, we could never if we could talk about God and define God, then God wouldn't be God, right? Right. But what gives us hope is that God was incarnate in a human person. Hmm. If we can't think of God, we can think of Jesus, a human person experiencing all things we experienced, all things we experienced. I don't know if you've seen the Chosen series. Yes. <gasps> <laughs> if there's nothing that brings that home more than that oh, series. the humanity of Jesus. The humanity of Jesus. But this is important, Kevin, because when I think of when I make a mistake or a bad judgment or I'm not acting the way I know would be loving, I think about Jesus as a human being really experiencing everything we've experienced. Jesus got angry, right? Jesus got frustrated. Jesus got discouraged. Jesus, you know, was terrified of the people that were coming to get him, right? Jesus was just like us. We are just like him. And we have to find hope in the human Jesus. We have to. It makes him more approachable, I know, and especially through the chosen. I, and that's the part that spills out from my brain. The humanity of Christ and the perfection and the godhood of Christ. Um, beyond me, can't figure it, but um, understanding him as your friend and your master and your big brother, uh, it's amazing um, how much he wants to connect with us. And, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. It is. Right? And it's a funny story. I know I told you in the beginning of this podcast, I wasn't going to share anything about my life, but it reminds me of a funny story. Uh, I don't know why and what inspired me, but when I was very young, I used to write letters to Jesus. Mm. I don't know why. I don't know what inspired me to do it. I don't remember, but I used to write letters to Jesus. And I think that that's, I was gifted with that. I, I believe it was a gift. I do not believe it was something that, and I, do, I see that not everybody had that gift at that young age. So I was gifted with the ability to know that Jesus is someone I can write a letter to. <laughs> right? Great. So I must have believed that Jesus listens. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been writing the letter. Mm. Right? Yeah. So if if we just start with that human Jesus, Jesus listens, Jesus cares, Jesus knows, Jesus is our model, right? Jesus loves us today, here, right now, even with you and I, right? But that Jesus came that we might know love and how to love. Mm. Know love and how to love. And Jesus gathered friends around him, right? Just like we need friends big problem in the world today is loneliness yeah right many people are lonely because as humans just like the apostles scattered when jesus got into trouble 
we tend to scatter when there's trouble or when there's things we don't understand or when things get ugly or when things are uncomfortable or when things aren't the way that we think they should be. We tend to scatter. And we need to be able to have a strong enough faith life and a strong enough faith community, people surrounding us, friends, where we don't scatter, where we come together yes. and we love together. Because it's not as scary to love when we're together. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so much of what I'm reading these days is not about winning elections and winning arguments and being right. It's about the absolute necessity the essentialness of being united and being together. I mean, if you start in John 14 and go through the whole rest of the book of John and you you eavesdrop on the conversation that Jesus had with his father, over and over and over again, he said that they'd be one, that they'd be together. He told his disciples, look, after he washed their feet, do, do love like I loved you. If you want to model, do it this way. And so us coming together and loving each other the way that Jesus loved us shows the world that the Father sent the Son. That's what he said. Way more important than being politically correct or incorrect or getting the right guy or gal in office Um it's more. It's most important mm -hmm. that we do what he told us to do, mm -hmm. which is to love each other really, really well, even when the other person, not us, is unlovely <laughs> and hard to love. Right? <laughs> Unity, though, Kevin. That yeah. so the East County Homeless Task Force. The reason why I believed in that and continue to believe in that is because it's about unity. It's about bringing all sectors of our communities together, yep. united in solutions to make our communities thrive for individuals, right? So we're a collective body for individuals. That's mm. what we do. Unity, unity in all things, unity in our families, right? Even when there's not peace in the family, do what Jesus did, right? When Jesus went to Pilate and uh, Pilate was accusing him and Jesus said, you say that I am, right? Mm. Yeah. Aren't you the king of the Jews? And he said, you say that I am. It's that sense of peace, right? The sense of just being present. So unity and presence. Those are the two things. The East County Homeless Task Force does that. Yeah. Faith community does that, right? So it's that sense of unity. And that's that's the other reason to wear those glasses. Because just as we see others as valued life, life we should love it's the same for ourselves yeah right we have to love ourselves and that's the other thing kevin we have to know we're loved first we have to know that i really truly believe that there are people who are listening right now who don't feel loved absolutely and, and they are and that's we can't go out and love others unless we understand yeah he first loved us even when we weren't weren't all lined up and in love with him he loved us while we were not, not even thinking about him right. or thinking badly about him right so yeah the fact that people are loved and coming from that place there's real power in that but how do they know kevin how do they know they're loved they know because 
I stepped up to love them. You stepped up to love them. Someone stepped up to love them at a time when they needed it the most. When maybe they felt the most unlovable. I've got a feeling that, you know, it's it's funny that you talk about the letter to Jesus because uh, he he's a letter to us. You know, you, you hear his words and you see how he lived. And if somebody who's far from God uh, somehow is reading the New Testament and, and hearing all about this love, but there's no Christians lined up doing what Jesus said to do. You know, there's a saying that sometimes you're the only Bible that someone will ever read. So if we're not lined up acting like what people read in there, it just loses power and it follow it falls short. So and and once again, it doesn't have to be everybody's got to join a, a homeless task force, no. right? There's youth venture. There are other things that we just get beyond our boundaries. We get beyond our comfortableness and go engage the world and be as much like Jesus as you possibly can. Then pray a lot when you're not, right. you know. So go right. do it and and love these people. Right, and and it doesn't even have to be an organization. We all know people yep. in our lives that we think to ourselves, they could, they need some love, yeah. right? The person across the hallway in the apartment building, the yes. person down the street, yeah, yes. absolutely, yes, yeah. It doesn't have to be all organized, no, uh, but you do have to just go do it. Uh, since you opened it up just a tiny bit, do you feel? Um, uh, comfortable uh, in sharing your faith journey, what it's been like, how it started? I will say that as I look back, those letters to Jesus when I was young and struggling uh, were the beginning of my realizing that there was something, someone uh, out there that wasn't a person I could maybe hug but someone out there, Jesus, who, um, who was, who loved me, who cared. Um, much of my faith in my early years came from spending time with my grandmother. My grandmother uh, was a daily mass goer, and she, um, I just wanted to follow her everywhere because she was a, she had a servant heart. She served meals to uh, her family members each week, uh, large groups of people. Uh, she just she was a quiet servant, and I think we were talking earlier about what type of heart we have, uh, and I think that's probably why I felt so drawn to her because I too am a quiet servant which is why I'm not out there sharing my story all over the world. I'd rather share other people's stories uh, because there's a lot of inspiring people in the world. Um, but anyway, so my faith, like many people's faith, uh, waxed and waned over time. Um, I would say the turning point, Kevin, was when I didn't think my life was valuable enough to live. And... Um, at a moment when uh, I thought it was better to end my life, uh, I was sitting near an elevator, and the elevator, I was sitting around the corner from an elevator, and I heard the elevator bell go off that somebody was coming off on this floor. And a person came out of the elevator with a large, basket of flowers and 
I put my head around the corner because I heard the person say, do you know where Anna Marie Snyder is? (laughs) (laughs) I was literally going to end my life and all of a sudden, that is what happened. I heard the bell. It shook me kind of out of my that place where I was. And when he said, do you know where Anna Marie Snyder is? And he was holding that big bouquet of flowers. That was the turning point in my life. Things were not easy from that point. But that was the moment when I could never go back to the place where I thought my life wasn't valuable enough to live. Thank you so much for sharing that. I never knew that story. And and I just shared it with the whole wide world. Yeah. Well, <laughs> except for two northeastern states that we don't quite reach yet. But you Great. know, the thing is about sharing it is you know 100% that there are people, number one, who feel the same way probably right at this very moment. And knowing that God is so... Um, they're so precious to him. His, his thoughts are all the time about them and he's for them. But you know, the enemy and life circumstances and our own head and terrible things that people have said to us, you know, we can agree with all of those things instead of agreeing with the truth of God's love. And so, uh, thank you for sharing that. And also because the people that know you, like I know you and people in the community and people that you serve, they don't know that story. And so they think, oh, Anna Marie, she's, she's, a, she's a saint. She just hasn't died yet so they could give her the sainthood, right? <clears throat> but it, you're real. And so by sharing that, it's like, okay, maybe I can do that too. Yeah, and I, I would say, Kevin, that's where my context comes from. In, in the beginning of our talking together, when I said, we are the conduit. We are how people know they are loved by God. That person who sent me those flowers that arrived at that moment, that person was a conduit of God's love yeah, for me, right? Yeah. We have to know that what we do today for a person tells them they are loved by God. We have to, yeah. we have to remember that. Many people because I don't share my story, many people say to me, you've always had it great. Yeah. You've always been wealthy. You've always, And I'm not wealthy. You've always had everything. You've always been good. If they only knew my story. But I don't believe it's about my story. That's yeah, the thing. I don't believe. There are so many people, Kevin, that I meet because of the work that I do. Their stories are inspiring, mm-hmm. Kevin. Their stories are inspiring. Some of the people I've met have lived through the most amazing circumstances that should have told them that their life wasn't valuable. Yeah. And yet they're showing up with hope. And it's inspiring. It's very yeah. inspiring. It really, really is. I, I have some people that I work with at our church and and some of the people that come on staff, we got them when they had an anklet ankle bracelet on um, from the law enforcement <laughs> so yes. they could find out where they were. Yes, We've had them uh, that were living in their vehicle. Um, and so, uh, and sometimes we see success where it's like, oh my gosh, we can come alongside. They can work hard. That's good for their soul. Um, we can help them 
you know, get resources and things like that. That's the little niche that I've seen that we've been able to, to bridge. But then the most fantastic part about it for me is when they start helping people that are on the street, that are in that situation, and they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. I've been through that. The Lord has led me through that. Now let me help you. And by the way, I understand I was there. I know where I know where you're sleeping. I know what's happening. And to, so to see those breakthroughs just looks like Jesus. It just looks like it, it's church being church the way the church is supposed to be. Christians living like Jesus. Yes, and people because we are made in the image of like and likeness of God, which is love. People recognize mm. love when they feel it and see it. Yep. They recognize when I'm <clears throat> with people on the street, I don't walk up to them and say, Hey, I know Jesus and he loves you. No. You should try that. I, That's a great idea. I do not do that. <laughs> I try to seek to understand them, seek to meet whatever need that they showed up to me for. They recognize the love. They re I'm not wearing a cross. I, they recognize the love they recognize yeah. it and they'll walk away saying god bless you <laughs> right yeah. i never spoke to them about god but they because we are made by love we recognize love when we feel it and see it yeah i think i think that can be encouraging to folks who really resonate with this that there can be a quiet resounding witness by just um loving people the way that Jesus loved them. And it doesn't have to be a theological debate, but oh my gosh, the power of it is uh, supernatural. Yes, there was a, a, um, a bishop who died recently and he said, we shape our environment and our environment shapes us. Mm -hmm. So it is through meeting people and, and ministering to people and walking with people. Father Greg Boyle, wrote a book called Tattoos on the Heart. Mm. If you have not read it, I would suggest you buy it on Kindle or or that you can listen to it. So listen Audible. to it. Do not read it. Okay. Listen to it, okay? Tattoos on the Heart. Listen to it. What you will hear is it's like a modern-day Bible. It's like a modern-day gospel. But he teaches us that we walk with people. We walk with people, even if we can't do a darn thing, but walk with them, walk with people and be in awe of what they have to carry. Yeah. Be in awe of what people have to carry. Walk with them. Let me ask you this, um, because it's amazing how quickly our time goes by. You know, I'm, I'm picturing a person driving to work or I'm picturing a person out on a run or doing some exercise or something. And the time just goes instant. I don't know if it feels that way to it you. It does. But um, so for the, so for the folks that are listening who are typically Christians, not everybody that listens to this is a Christian, but typically they're people who listen for the purpose of being encouraged and equipped to share their faith. Mm -hmm. Okay, the way that they're made, mm -hmm. um, they're different than you and me, many of them. Um, how would you encourage them? What, what would you say to them right now? I would say that Start with myself. Start with yourself. Start with yourself. Find the love in you. 
if you don't have it, if you can't find it, the love in you, am I loved? Start with that question. Am I loved? Start with the people around you. Ask them. You know, find where love is for you. Hmm. Find where love is for you first. People who come to see us when we're out at our regular place um, with assistance, uh, they come back over and over again. Even people who are seriously mentally ill come back over and over again because they're finding where they're loved. If you don't feel loved first, find where you're loved and go there. And I mean a pure, free love. And then when you're loved, go out and love others. In your state in life, in your state in life, if you're a person who doesn't have means, if you're a person who uh, or who judges yourself that you don't have anything to give, I would beg to differ. God gave each of us something to give, but we first have to know that we're loved. First have to know we're loved. That's so powerful, and I think everybody by now knows exactly why I so much wanted you to have a conversation with me, and we have to do this more often. Um, Many times at the end of of a, a conversation, I remind everybody that they're sent. But I think you said it so well. Understand your love and understand you need to take that love. Yes. And send that love right where you're at. Yes, and be aware Jesus is present with us through the love of others, and we bring Jesus' presence to others through our love of them. It's It's... Kind of that simple. Yeah, that's simple. <laughs> okay, everybody, just remember, listen to this podcast three or four times. <laughs> when you get it, we want to hear from you because you are loved and you are sent. Amen. Amen.